Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to a very special episode of Jaybird Watching. I have the collective with me, the gang, Mr. Panikar, Adam Corsair, and Chris Key. It's our 300th episode, gentlemen. How we doing? Great. Enthusiastic. This is Sparta. (laughs) (laughs) Although we are kind of feeling like we got kicked into the pit over the last week, just say (laughs) but to that point before we dive into the abysmal awfulness that is why we should have robot umpires let's talk jaybird watching in general first guys this is 300 episodes as of this evening as soon as i hit the record button adam you jumped in a little bit chris key is the most recent um ensemble here and then brendan you kind of were the guy that jumped in right with this when we decided to make this the full podcast to that point adam you were on me with the GameCast, Gamecast. <laughs> where this kind of started in its infancy with uh, just the whole idea of us talking was to put the mute button on Pat Tabler and uh, Buck Martinez. <laughs> so, Adam, we've come a little ways from that point, just saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, we, Craig, what did we meet? 2017 is, I think, when we... When we met junior was playing left field that night in, in new, new hampshire, hampshire. yeah so, so it's it's it been quite been up to honestly it might have been 2015 2016 oh, i was still it was that long ago yeah maybe uh and brendan i think i i reached out to you to uh hop onto my old podcast and we talked jays um and then much to my disagreement you guys insisted on bringing chris on here i was just like whatever you guys want to do no i'm kidding um no it's it's been it's been wild it's been wild it's been great um i really enjoy this is this is a highlight of my week and i think i can speak for everyone in the room that they that you guys agree with me that this is always a highlight to talk jays with you guys i don't get really get to do that um being in new england not a lot of people care about the blue jays here i think i might be the only one socks pitching right now right yeah yeah so 
um, it's always good to talk to like-minded people that get frustrated over the same things that I do watching games and celebrating the same things I get to celebrate while watching games. So um, that and interacting with the fans uh, that we've gathered throughout the years on JBW has been it's been great. And the, the, the rewards of just the conversations and, you know, making making me feel dumb because you guys are so smart it's it's been great so uh, I, I appreciate uh being on here always and uh here's the 300 more let's, let's just yeah. keep it rolling well as brendan or as uh, adam gives us a all a collective compliment and a backhand at the same time like in typical <laughs> fashion <laughs> that's the reason this show has its fun cheeky shenanigans but brendan um you when we decided to make this an actual podcast, you jumped right in with me, and I think it was really just me and you were my guest the first like three weeks in a row, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Hey, this has got to work. Just keep going, right?" <laughs> so yep, that's much. that. Pretty much. I mean, I remember Craig when you and I met up for the first time in person. I think it was very early 2018 in Rochester because I was there for a concert, and we had thrown around the idea of a podcast in the past because you know writing at Jay's Journal was a great, great time, a lot of fun, but. Um, it was a little time-consuming, I'd say. Um, not too it's much, much but easier. at the same time, it's much easier to, in my mind, just basically have a mind dump of all your thoughts, Blue Jays-related, onto a podcast and talk about it with people. So I agree with you, Adam. It's definitely one of the days I look forward to during the week. It's always nice hopping on just to get stuff off your chest or being able to celebrate with you guys if there's been a really good stretch. There's nothing more rewarding for me as a Jays fan than when the team is good and we can talk about them being good because I would rather the Blue Jays be the talk of the town over the Leafs. And I know I got my Leafs jersey on for game six tonight, uh, which is what I'll be watching as soon as this is done. But trust me, I would way rather, 100 times out of 100, rather the Blue Jays be the talk of Toronto and Canada than the Leafs uh, and the Raptors. Sorry, Adam. Um, that's that's my number one team. Uh, so it's very rewarding to do this. Um, a lot of fun. And uh, as Adam said, let's keep it rolling. All right, Chris, it's your turn. Yeah, you're the you're the technical FNG of this group, but to that point, you uh, became a seasoned veteran rather quickly. You know, from your minor league call up to jumping in and making this a quartet instead of a threesome. <laughs> yeah, I like I like to think of it that it all started with one passionate night with Adam and his wife. Uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this is how things tend to start. Yeah, there's the typical. Yes. yes. <laughs> but this is when you were listening you, to his podcast. You are, then, my, you are my son. <laughs> and then nine months later, here I come. <laughs> here you come. Uh, and he's never uh, left. No, I I, I, feel, I feel like that some yeah, days. That I, right. I just kind of lingered, and somehow I ended up in the group chat, and I just keep hitting the link every week. But uh, <laughs> no, it, 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 was, it, it was kind of an interesting way that we all kind of got together was um, at first I had Brendan on with uh, Wes and I on Jay's Jam, and then uh, Craig came on to talk some minor league stuff with us uh, a little while later. We never uh, actually got Adam on, but Jay's Jam will make a return. Wes and I have had some, uh, we've had some talks, and, and it will return uh, one, one day, hopefully very, very soon, um, when we can get together and do that. But uh, when you no, bring it, like it, Jay's Jam with a vengeance now, right? Because it's like a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, well, we we did that. We also did the like the stories of Canadian base uh, Canadian baseball as well in there as well. So like, and we had we had some ideas of doing like segments for like, uh, like a five part episode of like Canadian ballparks and like 
And then we want to do like uh, a five part on journalists and broadcasters and stuff. That's kind of what we're into a little bit more. Um, so we can actually really focus on a story with it that it, to us, that's what baseball is. It's about storylines. Um, but no, it, it's been a fun, what, six, seven, maybe eight months now with you guys uh, coming on every week. So it, it, it's definitely a highlight of the week to, to come on and talk to you hooligans and keep you straight for a little while. <laughs> we still might be waiting on that pack of beer and the bag of balls to, and the player to be named later trade with for you. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys got hosed. <laughs> so but anyway fellas it has been a pleasure and i'm gonna be this guy and then goes you know cheers clink clink you know 300 episodes good to go and we'll keep going so blue jays fans we're obviously going to be here for you every week and why don't we dive into the actual fun for the last week or there's no such thing as fun last week not so much fun this last week because unfortunately over the last week we did get finally tang oscar hernandez and i'd like to focus on the fact that him returning first and i'm gonna let the young guy here on the show start with chris key here as far as how key it is just to having the presence of tay oscar hernandez back i know he didn't really weigh in too much but just having him back in the lineup's gotta be a welcome sight um yes um am i convinced that he's completely right no not yet at least um he he was taking some hard cuts but like Production isn't there, and I guess you got to give it a, a, at least a few games, but we didn't see anything to show signs of him coming alive or sparking anything. Um, Vladdy still struggled hitting above him uh, in the order. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. I, th- I thought maybe Teoscar's return into the lineup in Cleveland would, would give the team a shot in the arm, and unfortunately it... it Kind of work the other way for them, to be 100% honest. I tend to agree with you. The offense was pretty damn bad in the, in general over the last week just because the weather in Cleveland was cold and weird and windy the whole damn time, back and forth from high-low temperatures and whatnot. And then it was similar stuff in New York. But, Brendan, where do you think we were going with the uh, at least having – Tay Oscar back. Do you think in the next few weeks here we're going to be talking completely different, or do you think we're going to be seeing more of this for the time being? Oh, I better get different pretty quick. I mean, I know <laughs> this. I think the start is better than we all had hoped for. I think we mm-hmm. hope for right around 500, maybe a game below, maybe a game above, and they're still above that. What they're 17 and 15 right now, so mm-hmm. they bought themselves a little bit of a uh, of runway with a little bit of a slump here. To the fact they're still over 500, they're not too far back in the second place race, and they're going to play the Rays this weekend, which we'll talk about later. But mm. in terms of having Teoscar back, it definitely lengthens the lineup, but it makes it just look so much better when you can put Matt Chapman in the seventh spot and Santiago Espinal in the eighth spot. But until some of the other guys start hitting and hitting with runners in scoring position, because that's been the team's Achilles heel. I'm pretty sure somebody was circulating the stat yesterday. I can't remember what the stat was specifically, but they are historically bad right now, hitting with runners in scoring position, like one of the worst of all time in all of baseball. So we clearly know that that is not going to stay that way. So it will get better. It's just a matter of when. And I hope it's as soon as the Mariners come to town on Monday because that will be key for wildcard positioning as the season goes along. And then you welcome the Reds. And the Reds are historically bad too. So you better beat up on them uh, quite handily uh, next weekend. So I'm hoping that, you know what, I think it's pretty clear they needed some days off. 
They had half day yesterday because of the afternoon game. Today off in Tampa. They had Monday off as well. I just think they needed a bit of a refresh and a reset, and hopefully they can get it going. And if they win two or three at the drop, that would be a huge win, and I'm hoping that propels them to bigger and better things when the schedule softens up a little bit. That gets them back to the series winning philosophy that was very, very prevalent going into the last week even. They had only tied the one series against the Yankees. was the only ding on the um, whole season at that point. Now, Now we have two losing series under our belt. Adam, I know you're not exactly freaking out yet, but (laughs) to this point, we talked that this schedule to open the season was slightly ridiculous for the Blue Jays, not having any real, you know, motivation builders in that schedule to begin the season. We're finally going to get to that point. We're barely above 500. How do you see this thing with Teoscar and everybody kind of going with the offense to hopefully get back on track here? Um, I think last week is when I said that I don't really use April as a barometer for performance. Um, it's good when they're playing well, and I, and I don't take anything away from not losing a series in April. You, you know, you like we've always said, you could lose a playoff position in April, but you can't win one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of individual performances, April is still sort of, ex- especially how spring training was a little bit shortened. This season, uh, I, I look at April as an extended spring training, as um, especially this year in particular. But um, now moving into May, what's today, the 12th? So we're almost halfway into May. Uh, my radar is starting to pop up. Uh, Brennan, you touched on Chapman. Um, yeah, I, I'm very, very concerned when it comes to, to Matt Chapman. Um, but in regards to Tay Oscar, to me, he just didn't look tremendously comfortable um i don't know if they're sort of rushing him back from the injury i'd like to think they aren't my view i've not kept this a secret i'm very cynical when it comes to the blue jays and how they handle injuries um i i just i do not trust it um but i also know that this team isn't going to have an incredible sense of urgency in may with one of their top tier players uh, he's at least within the top five conversation offensively for this team um and his importance so maybe it's just a matter of getting like ballpark rust off of him and uh once he gets in a groove he'll he'll just slide right in but something about his swing seemed a little ginger to me something about um just his follow through didn't seem like he was overly comfortable. And that could just be being nitpicky. That could be just looking for something that might not even be there. Um, but he, he's got to perform better. And I think over time he will, I'm less concerned with Teoscar than I am with the rest of the roster. Mm. Um, I, I'm uh, maybe out Santiago Espinal to be doing this whole thing about driving the only guys in we seem to be driving in. <laughs> Over the last him, week, week. yeah, <laughs> him and uh, Kirk seems to be slowly starting to put barrel to the ball and putting balls in play. Um, but otherwise, like Vladdy, you can tell he's visibly frustrated, broke a yeah. bat. Um, <laughs> Chat, Chapman, I think he's, he's hitting below 200 right now, um, which is unacceptable. Uh, Bo's trying to play hero. Um, I, I, I think it was Bo that said that they're trying or someone said on the roster that they're trying to hit like five run home runs hmm. with no one on base. Um, they just got to let the, 
they got to let the ball come to them. They just got to put the ball in play. Stop trying to jack home runs. I know this team is predicated on the long ball, but let's just try to make contact first and try to get on base before anything. And I'll, I'll end with this, Brendan, to your point, I think the Blue Jays for the past, I don't know, six years have been consistently bad with runners in scoring position. Like, this isn't a new thing. It's with unprecedented level of bad, yes. though, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so, much, it's but, almost yeah. borderline to the point of, like, even bad luck would be better, maybe, than where we're at right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like... Um, but to the, I think to the two where you guys were going down that rabbit hole there, we saw it in crazy fashion against the Guardians to the point that we could have won every one of those ball games and... It wouldn't have even been close. It was like that. The fact that the Guardians really only beat us handily the one game and the second game of the doubleheader, just when the whole everything went off the rails, kind of like it did for them in the first game. Just a mirror image of things. But they only scored, you know, four runs on Friday and still managed to squeak out a win. And that game was in our hands, literally. And if you were able to get a few of those tag on runs, I think they had 10 runners in scoring position or something like that. And one of the games, even a bad, you know, a, a seeing eye single would have been the difference in any of those games. It was that little or a key walk in the right spot. And the fact that they're not getting that clutch hit, that is their Achilles heel right now. And Adam, I'll let you run with the fact that the runners in scoring position is basically killing them, in, especially in that series against the Guardians. Yeah, they're not. They're not making contact. They're not. Well, I mean, they are, but they're just they're hitting into to outs, um, or just, just missing it completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're still making contact, but it's just I don't know. I I think they're just too concentrating too much. There's too much concentration on just hitting the long ball, and I think that's when, especially young hitters, I think that's when they they get into their own heads. And if they're not cranking out home runs and, you know, utilizing these crazy launch angles, um, it, it, it fucks up with, with your mechanics. And you just get, it's simple baseball. Just fucking put the ball in play. Just get on base. That's it. Um, and more to your point, like you just touched on the Guardians series. I don't want to jump too much ahead, but I know we're going to talk about the Yankee series. You know, I know we're going to break down the umpiring. I know we're going to break down the heartbreaker that was the walk-off. But if you're going to take any silver linings out of that, Kikuchi kind of make the, the Yankees look foolish. He they really, and the, <laughs> you, yes, the second game we got blown out, but like, the Yankees hitters were for as good as they're supposed to be. Couldn't catch up to Kikuchi. He was painting. I think he put down 12 straight. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Like that, yeah. After getting off to another bad start. Yeah. He was so. painting the corners and he, he had a little bit of pip in his step. He looked good. Like he, he looked confident. So, um, all things just have to fall into place. This rotation is is looking really, really good. Um, if the offense can just wake up just a little bit, and it's not just a matter of hitting the long ball, if they can just wake up and get and put the ball in play and get on base, I think I think this this can flip quite easily. Brennan, as we go back around the horn here on this topic, have you noticed that in the midst of these situations where they are in scoring position pieces that they're not quite doing what they were doing last year with just putting the ball on the other side of the field? It's been, like, to Adam's point, just, you know, chicks dig the lawn ball. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of seem lost with runners in scoring position right now, and it's unfortunate. And I know, Adam, you brought him up, concerned about Matt Chapman. Yes, very much so. Like, his weighted runs create a plus. 
where the league average or the average is 100. He's at 86. And he his line right now is looking a lot similar to what it was last year when apparently he had a really bad hip where he batted 210, a WRC plus of 101, meaning he was one point above league average. Uh, currently batting 189, an OBP of 266. If he's not, like, don't get me wrong, Chapman's come up with some very clutch hits this year. He won them the Astros game on that Friday night with that double in the top of the ninth. He's hit a couple key and clutch home runs. But outside of those, he's actually done nothing at the plate. Like, he hasn't gotten on a hot streak or anything like that. So when you do get guys on base, which they have done, they did it every single game against Cleveland. Thursday, they should have been blowing them out by the top end of the top of the first because they had everybody on base in the first inning. I believe Sunday, what, yeah, Sunday was the same thing. They had the bases loaded with one out or zero outs, and they only scored two runs, and it came back to bite them in the ass. And when you get that many guys on, that gets down to Matt Chapman's part of the lineup, and he's supposed to be driving in these runs like he did in 2018 and 2019 when he was almost elite offensively. So I don't know if people have just figured him out the longer he's been in the league, if he's dealing with something, or, again, I don't want to blame the shortened spring, but it's about time you start coming out of it because around 100 plate appearances it took for Marcus Simeon, and he said last year about 100 before he gets going. Chapman's at 124. I think he'll figure it out. I don't think we'll see 2018 or 2019 Matt Chapman, but if he can give us what he did in 2020 or even 2017, I'll take that because the defense is super valuable, and it already has proven to be super valuable. But, yeah, they got to start hitting with runners in scoring position. On the pitching side, Kikuchi has definitely stepped up. Gosman has been incredible all year. Alec Manoa has been incredible all year. I will say Barrios has looked good in spurts, but there are some very worrying trends about him. He's still giving up yeah. a crap ton of hard contact. And the stat that's really jumping up to me, guys, looking at his Fangraphs page, strikeouts. Yeah, exactly. That's You, you read my mind. Right now, day, right? Yeah, he's only striking out guys 15.3% of the time. His career low was 174 in his first ever season of the bigs. Every other year, it's been above 22%. He's not striking guys out. The ball's going in play. That's not a recipe for success for a guy who usually strikes guys out. So, yeah, I'm a little concerned about Barrios, but there are signs that he is starting to slowly piece it together, and that's why it's so great Kikuchi has really righted the ship lately. So, Chris, in the midst of all this offensive abysmalness that we're you know piecing together here from the other two, <laughs> the Blue Jays are actually in the better part of the American League in runs scored at 123 this season. Um, they have 136 runs allowed. Is the offense the entire issue with this team at the moment, or do, is there something else that you're seeing that's causing our problems? Um, well, the bullpen hasn't been great as of this week. Starting pitching has been largely fine, other than Brios, really. Um, <clears throat> we'll see what happens when Ryu eventually comes back to me. And there was some talk on Twitter, especially the last two games. What are the two pieces that are missing from the offensive side that were there last year, but aren't there this year? One is Dante Bichette isn't around the team anymore. Yeah. And Jesse Barfield isn't allowed to talk to Lourdes, Vladdy, and Teoscar anymore. Are those pieces that are, are in these guys' head or that were in these guys' heads seeing what other uh, Guillermo Martinez and Dave Hudgens... Like, what the fuck does Dave Hudgens do? Like, get him <laughs> off the bench, first of all. I don't like, know. Like, they just... He's like that old guy that you 
feel bad for at Walmart, so you give him the Walmart greeter job. <laughs> it's just so evil. Like, you don't want to get rid of him, but you kind of just have to find him a make work project because you can't like the unions keeping him around, so you can't get rid of him. Like that. That's what I see in Dave Hudgens. Like, what the hell is a hitting strategist? Really? Like, <laughs> Real is, it, is he the fucking hitting coach or is he not? Like, <laughs> what? Just What's like last point? year. Just like last year. Was he the bench coach or was John Schneider the bench coach? No, John yeah. Schneider did the job last year and then they gave him the eventual, like, real title this year. But, yeah, like, which worked out real well the other night. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but like, to that point, I think th- those, um, two vo- those two voices are those part of the reason that this offense is scuffling. Like, is there something that Guillermo Martinez can't get across to these guys that Barfield and Bichette can? And if the answer is yes to that, whether Dante is vaccinated or not, there's questions around that. You pay him whatever the hell money it takes to change his mind and get him yeah. working with these kids again. Or yeah. there's this wonderful thing that we play half of our games on the road, and maybe he's well, just the road-hitting truck <laughs> instructor yeah. or something. I don't know. I try not to take too much stock in that, because uh, like at the end of the day, the guys have to go up there and swing the bat and hit the ball themselves. But there's some things that some people see that other people don't. And there's some forms of communicating that other people can't communicate. And is that the cause? I don't know, but... Maybe. So, are you guys in that ballpark that if anybody is not hitting and we're looking at the same conversation three, four weeks from now, that you would be firing, um, you know, Martinez as far as our hitting instructor goes? Because at that point, you just know that this offense was supposed to just crush, and it's not. Something's got to change, and that would be, in my opinion, where you would be looking. You're not going to go after the players. You're not going to send Vladdy to the damn minors. Just saying. <laughs> um, I I personally don't see anyone getting fired this season. I think no, that will be it'll be wait until the end. Um, yeah. Regardless uh, of the urgency that is going on in the Blue Jays organization with what we saw in the off season, even. Yeah, I mean, mm. yes, I I get the sense of urgency, but. You know, with the exception of, I don't know, when you think of the lineup, maybe you can look at Kirk and Espinal, but otherwise, these are very experienced hitters. Mm-hmm. Even with the young guys of Vladdy and Bo and Lourdes, these are very experienced hitters. They know how to get out. It's, I'd rather them be slumping now yeah, than, yeah, than in July, right August. Yeah, you can, you can move on from this. But... It's it's really easy, and I get why teams do it, to point the finger at bench coaches and say, you're the issue, or we need to handle this somehow. I get that. But at the end of the day, these are the players in the batter's box. These are the players on the field. you got to do your job. There's not much coaching can do. I mean, these are professional athletes. You know, uh, you can maybe change an approach here and there, maybe change uh, a position and your your discipline at the plate a little bit tweaked. But by and large, these are creatures of habit and they're going to eventually break out. You have to believe like, there's no way Vladdy's going to be like this for no until September. There's just no way. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said earlier, um, 
they're at historically bad levels of hitting with runners in scoring position. That's going to improve. There's no way they're going to be that rare outlier that's that bad. And if they yeah. are, that's just a, a fluke. Sooner. Like, yeah. <laughs> and even if that improves ever so slightly over the course of the next few weeks, that will t- translate into a couple more wins. Because even if you hit just a tad better in Cleveland, they would have won three out of four. Um, we've lost Chris Key, by the way. Uh, power went out. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> On the 300th episode. No. Right. <laughs> like Too much pause. excitement. Yeah. Uh, it up. Hope that doesn't mean you're, you know, just just north enough. All right, Brendan. Yeah, <laughs> I should be fine. Chris Key will be back on generator power in the very near <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, um, you, I agree with you that at some point it's just something natural is going to take over to the point here that they just, this team isn't built to be this bad offensively. And there's just no way in hell it's going to be held down like this for any crazy amount of time, given a whole season, especially Um, just the point that our top four guys are eventually going to be right and hitting the ball hard. And even what you had mentioned, the two youngest non experienced guys in this roster are Santiago Espinal and Alejandro Kirk. Espinal has been one of the bright spots on this team and probably the best story overall so far this season outside of Gosman looking like a Cy Young Award winner mm-hmm. at this point. And then Alejandro Kirk over the last week has been hitting hard contact in his first home run in Cleveland and looking a lot more like the guy that we were excited to have as our everyday catcher a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think it can only get better. I really do. But moving along, let's talk Yankees series. I think this is going to be a really quick talk about the series because it, like we said, pretty much sucked. But the thing that stood out to me the most is the Blue Jays didn't even get a chance to really keep the game in their hands in that first game. And then at that point, everything had went off the rails so much. It was amazing that we were winning at that point. But there could have been some things that might have happened differently, knowing, you know, first off, having two of our better coaches actually in the dugout. And, you know, maybe actually getting that whole inning from Jimmy Garcia. I don't know. But um, let's talk series before we jump into that first. Because, uh, I, like I said, I'm sure we're going to just berate that because this is was horrifying. <laughs> so same story. But in the midst of that, we actually did get, like you said, Brendan, a giant, awesome, bright light with, uh, with Kukuchi doing another solid start against the New York Yankees. Yes, it got off to the, almost like that. When Roy Halladay wasn't on, he would always have that first inning be bad. You either had to get to him early or you just weren't getting to him at all. Those two starts with get with Kikuchi against the Yankees, they look a little clueless after the first try at him. And it was very exciting to see. And I'm glad they left him in and he got to his 90-something pitches and really looked like what we were expecting. And <laughs> I think Blue Jays fans are just going to have to get used to the Kikuchi ride because it's going to be more extreme, I think, even than... Uh, what we saw last year with Steven Matz. So Adam, I'll let you run with the whole idea. Yeah. I mean, he was painting. He was, he was moving. The, the ball had solid movement. Um, he, the confidence that he was showcasing was contagious. Um, and like I said, he made the Yankees players look kind of foolish. Um, I don't know if that type of performance is sustainable, but when you see it against a team like the Yankees, who, you know, to their credit, are they're pretty hot right now, um, it, it's encouraging, especially in New York. So 
in that regard, it, it gives me a little bit of assurance that this rotation, um, minus the, the blips that we've talked about, Barrios, is reliable. It's it's at least, at the very least, reliable. Um, I, I just, I don't want to say too much without having to talk about the umpires in that game. <laughs> so I'll, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave the basic pleasantries there for now until we All move right. on. So- because I know we can't can't hold this one off too long. Or, um, Chris, Brendan, you've already gushed about Kikuchi a minute ago. If you had more to add to it, otherwise I'll let Chris pick up about yeah. that start Go Kikuchi. Chris. <laughs> oh, Kikuchi is my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> I get the win. No. Uh, so, encouraged by them getting that, that wonderful second start against the Yankees. Uh, yeah, like if you see what Kikuchi has had to deal with this this year, like he's probably thrown to what three or four different catchers this year now, and he's battling this whole idea of not throwing his cutter and and whatever. And then like you see his opponents, like he's faced Houston, Boston, New York twice, and like he hasn't pitched against anybody like. Good, no bad. <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're, he hasn't gotten a break so far, right? So, like in New York, he was a little erratic, especially uh, at the start of the game. Uh, ball was kind of getting away from him a little bit here and there, but like largely, if he just fills up the strike zone and you get five, sometimes six, decent innings out of him, that's all you're asking out of him. And so far, for the most part, he's been doing it. Um, so I really don't think there's a whole hell of a lot to complain about on, on Kikuchi's end right now. There you go. So, seeing I know Adam's about to, like, disperse, I'm going to let him hmm. run with the whole fact here on the umpires. Lay it out, Adam. You know, Let me know. Give us the story and then why. <laughs> well, I mean, you might, you might be a little disappointed. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so, so do I need to tell the story and then tee you up? <laughs> no, no, no. So, so all I need to know is who did the uh, the Yankees actually hit earlier in the game? That part and I do not remember. There was one hit by pitch that the and it was almost innocuous. Oh, it was it was Guriel, but it didn't actually hit him. It went off his bat. It, it okay, hit the bat. but so I don't. I just can't see when you give up a bomb to Gian. So Garcia gave up a bomb to Giancarlo Stanton and tied up the game 3-3. Yeah. I can't see a scenario in which after that you would be so dumb to hit a batter after giving up a bomb in frustration. It's after not two like. Or three too. Yeah. That's it's the, not like, the second pitch. You're going to hit him. You hit him that first one and you go for his head. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not like <laughs> Stan pimped the home run. Right. It, it, it's not like there was, and even if there was, I mean, I get it in the moment. I'm, I'm all for pimping home runs, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> Giancarlo but, Stan pimping that home run, which is on record as the shortest home run yeah. ever hit in his career. <laughs> it's a bullshit home run because in any other stadium that, that, well, maybe not Fenway, but yeah. yeah. That was the um, only one that would come out of it. There you go. So it, be proud of it, sure, whatever. I just don't understand how the umpires come to a conclusion like that before a warning. 
Yeah. Um, mm. I understand if you want to speculate that there's going to there there's animosity over or frustration or whatever after giving up a bomb and you feel showed up or whatever and you unload give some chin music. I understand the, that in theory it doesn't make sense to me, but I understand like why an umpire would be like, "Yo, emotions are high. Warning, warning." That to me makes sense, and I don't see anyone really flipping out over that. But to go zero to a hundred and ejecting a player like that, especially in that tight of a situation, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. And then when Bo gets brushed back, nothing happens. Nothing happens, right? Except and Charles. Again, yeah, <laughs> I, and, and, exactly and Charles is getting re- he's like verifying it. Oh, it's me. Like, at that point, still, I'm saying, where's the warning, right? I'm not asking for the the pitcher, I forget who it was, to get ejected. I'm asking for a warning at that point. You know, especially even Donaldson was was saying, I don't even think it was intentional. I I don't (laughs) see how this was intentional. Why would it be? You know, and to and all just, that point, he would have been a hundred billion times percent vocal about it if there, he yes. thought there was a legit problem. There would have been, yes. you, like you said, zero to a hundred thing. There were no different to it. Yes. <laughs> so in this regard, that whole scenario is bullshit. However, and this no. is where I'm going to disappoint people. The umpires are not why we lost that game. We, oh, of course. Not. I agree with that statement, no, but to that point, not. we were that situation that we then yes. lost the game. And I agree with that statement. I'm going to, it's in, in my opinion, you can micro level other parts of the game. The could have, should have, would have. The bottom line is Romano served up a meatball period. End of story. <laughs> period. I don't argument on that. What you just said there is Romano going to stay in that game with Charlie on the, in the dugout still. Every yes. walk to guys. Yes. Yes. Think yes. So? I, yes. I would have yeah. That game. You if if you pull Romano in that spot, you have no confidence in him, and you might as well never put him out there in another ninth inning again. Yeah. My biggest problem was on that. You could see watching him, and I, I know you guys saw it. He didn't have it that night. No. At all. When, oh, he didn't. Ever had Charlie come out of the mound before? Not. Yeah. Who are you going to put in though, Merriweather? At that point, I just want somebody that can throw the damn ball across the plate. He couldn't. He, like you said, that slider was nothing but hangers or just completely out of the strike zone. And yeah. he was buried to it. He wouldn't go away from it. Even You could even hear Tabler getting upset about it. He's like, why is he just using his fastball? Well, yeah, and did you see why? Because the velo is three miles per hour it's slower dipping. than it's been yes. all year. That it's was the dipping. slowest he's thrown a ball yeah. almost his whole career. But to that yeah. point, those are two things that if Montoyo and Pete Walker are in that dugout, does it get brought up? That was no. my question. So, no, I would hope it would because we want to win damn ball games. And you're, I'm sorry to say it would be one thing if he walked out there even with his not a game level stuff and got an out quickly. But the, he did get a walk, then an out, and then he walked another batter, correct? And then Stan or uh, Judge came up and hit Judge, him. yeah, Judge. So mm-hmm. at that point, there was it, he threw too many pitches at me and to me at that point already and just was struggling. I figured there had to have at least been some churning in the mind there, where I don't think Schneider was just 
thrown into a bad situation. It was just like, he's my best guy, run with it, which yeah. I agree with. But I'm just wondering if that actually gets legit questioned if you actually had the whole management in the dugout at that point. I don't think so. Yeah. Now I mean, he stays. Who are you going to put in? He's bounced in and out of saves all year, too. Like the Red Sox game at Fenway, mm-hmm. he had runners on base all outing. Um, the Even the Astros game where they won in the top of the ninth with that Chapman double, he got in trouble. He's been dancing in and out, and he's earned himself the chance to get out of it. Because remember, his only blown save to this point was a solo homer in the bottom of the ninth. Houston. Houston. So yes. this, I like, I know that's a blown save, but this was a terrible blown save. And that was his first terrible blown save of the year. Mm-hmm. But if you look at those two blown saves, he actually was throwing bullets that night against Houston, and that guy got a lucky hit, in my opinion, still to this moment, where there was no luck, nothing lucky about that hit that Judge had. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. If, if you see how Pena's been playing this year, not a lot of luck going on with that kid. That kid is legit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with that at this point. But at that, yeah. when you're looking at that at that moment, he's yeah. what been in the majors a week at that point. I don't know. <laughs> so, but to that point, let's go as I agree with you that we, we lost that game on our own, but it didn't help that we had no management. Involved. You're right. You're right. So yes. Brendan, the umpire thing, do you see any logic to this whole thing? Or is this a, what we've already preached on the show on a couple of times this season, umpires need to be held accountable for their work. Yeah. Just put or, them out in a press conference after the game, please. Like uh, that's overdue in almost every single sport. NFL, whenever there's bad calls, they're not held accountable. NLB, bad calls, not held accountable. Um, yeah, I mean, apparently Alfonso Marquez, who was a crew chief, and the fact that he's a crew chief speaks to the state of MLB umpiring these days because he's always been kind of historically bad. I mean, he's not one of the worst, but he's not great either, Marquez, uh, especially with his stupid cheek with all whatever he's gotten there, all puffed out and shit. Uh, but, yeah, the, re- the rationale apparently was Heineman and Donaldson exchanged heated mm-hmm. words at the plate. And so hearing that they felt it was intentional to throw him out. I call BS. Like, I mean, you got to know at that point, like it's not intentional, but whatever. It was a bad call. And again, I'm with you, Adam. That's not why they lost the game. Romano, even if he had a couple more miles per hour in his fastball or didn't throw a couple hangers, they probably would have won it. And again, that was the first proper bad blown save of the year those are going to happen again they will yep. it's just a matter yes. of limiting them so disappointing especially because it was against the yankees they came back tied up 3-3 and then you got the lead again at that point you're figuring you know what they're probably going to end up winning uh but it's one of those games that we might look back on at the end of the year and it's like if we only held on to that yankees game that could have made all the difference so um, can i can i uh add just one more thing to that um i just want to reiterate that we've talked about umpiring before and i I forget which week it was um i don't know if all four of us were here but i am all for a system in which the umpires uh have um performance reviews a system in which like you are called down to the minor leagues if you can't if if you're making a below i don't know i think this is generous an 80 percent on average uh below that in terms of correct calls you need to be sent down and this is one of them. And you can play out situations, simulate them however you want in terms of ejections and stuff. But something needs to be done. This is ridiculous. Never mind. And to that point, this is back to the Nelson. Night, yes. Where he yes. was missing how many calls? 
for both, not even both sides. It was pretty damn one side to the point where it was uh, 1.9 runs scored, I think, that evening for the Blue Jays in favor of the other team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I hate to be the guy that says it too, but I wonder how much all this new sports betting is actually fucking with umpires and stuff like that. Yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's why they need to be held accountable. If you're going to be pushing betting so hard everywhere, they need to be held accountable because it's going to screw so much people over out of their money. Yeah. And I'll be the only reason that organized baseball exists. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's factually true. It's the only reason that organized baseball in a league exists is because they had to establish a system of rules that everybody had to follow in order for people to willingly bet on it and gamble. Yeah. That's exactly why MLB basically exists. Right there. <laughs> so I agree with you, Chris. That's, I actually believe I saw something like that actually when I was at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Check out Bill Umber. He'll, he'll tell you all about it. Well, that's how uh, they had bar. That was what the problems was with Babe Ruth when he was playing in all the barnstorming leagues and stuff yep. like that. Babe Ruth was non-exclusive Major League Baseball player, like everybody thinks. It's amazing how many home runs that man hit in Major League Baseball, and then think of what he did in those other leagues—just destroy people. No worries. <laughs> yep. So, but umpires need to have something on this whole thing. Is otherwise, to that point, this is only going to get more out of control and more Angel Hernandez's are going to be born every fucking day in Major League Baseball. And that's <laughs> <Yep>. scary. <laughs> so it is what it is. It sucks right now, but I really think that there is something that they have to do. And honestly, the players are frustrated by this too. So if this isn't something that gets fixed automatically right now, I think this is something that is easily on the platter the next time they get together to actually talk new league rules and stuff like that. So I think it's going to happen. Anyway, I digress. So has anybody got anything to add to the umpire conversation other than the fact that I think it's complete bullshit? I think we all are in unison degree in that. That that whole – I got one last thing I guess to add. Sure. A little bit about the, oh, well, you know, Heinemann was chirping with Donaldson. Isn't that the point where you would have already made the warning? Should have been, I mean, yeah, there should have been. Earlier in the game. It would have been right then and there, I would think. And that, but no, you threw him out two pitches after. I don't, not know, the I don't know. Heinemann been the one that he threw out with Charlie Montoyo for starting that whole shit? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that you, you warned two benches over two guys spatting. You yeah. definitely worn two benches over what you perceive to be the first time there was intent yeah. to throw a ball at another. Gotcha. That you have to have a warning at that mm-hmm. point. You mm-hmm. have to. You warn those yeah. two players, hey, knock it the fuck off. Like, you know, that's only going to be right then and there. And then yeah. if the hit pitch happened, at least then there was something mm-hmm. established, not yeah. just, oh, he said, she said, bullshit. You know, it's like a Limp Biscuit song. It's just fucking horrible to begin with. <laughs> Listen, so. everyone, everyone is a closet biscuit fan. I don't even care. <laughs> Keyword, closet. <laughs> Everyone's a closet biscuit fan. Don't even lie. Well, and apparently the Heinemann and Donaldson thing started earlier in the game. It wasn't even at that at bat. Right, right. Yeah. So, but I just don't, unless it was all happening, like, in such a confined window, I don't know how you can hold anybody accounted for. And it's not like Donaldson was, like, this far away from his face or anything, you know, which we've seen as Blue Jays fans. 
<laughs> I, I think so. a lot of it stemmed from the uh, the Yankees bench, to be 100% honest, because they were all in the top yes. step losing their mind. Judge was ready to hop the fence before a- <laughs> before anything even happened, really. And I think that that's where the umpires got the idea that there was intent behind it. And to that point, that's up to the umpire to make up that decision. If that's truthfully where it came from, I don't agree with where the reasoning came from, but at least they made a fucking decision to have some more ammo than, oh, they were using naughty words and (laughs) shit like that. Sometimes you have to take things out of the umpire's hands and just hit the ball. Put on your big boy pants and hit the ball. Take take them right out of the game. And they almost did. They really almost did. did. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Other than the fact that we got our dusted the day following to end the evening day getaway two-day series nonsense that was the weirdest series in baseball in a while I've seen. Is that, anybody else remember having a two-game series like that t- uh, Tuesday, Wednesday? <laughs> Not against an uh, AL East appointment. Before. Yeah, it's usually yeah, like, it's really, like the uh, National League. League yeah, League. Yeah. yeah, It's really weird seeing it like that, but I guess that's just how fucked up the schedule is this year with the whole... You know, fact that they didn't even want to suit up and let everybody on the field for so long, but it is what it is. So, anyways, let's talk. We're going to be going to the Trop Boys. I know this is Brendan's House of Horrors and the Blue Jays. <laughs> so, Brendan, walk us through the fact that we are going to be playing a game of the Trop and hoping to get the team firing back, firing on both cylinders again because they need to find something to take out a positive here. And unfortunately, they're running into a Rays team that has been playing pretty good baseball over the last few weeks. What a better place to snap out of it than the drop, right? And actually, with the series, <laughs> slam. I mean, Go for you it. got Gosman going tomorrow, um, and more often than not, when he pitches, you win games. Uh, yes. I believe Manoa is also going. Yeah, Manoa will go yep. in this series as well, uh, probably on Sunday or even Saturday. Um, so you have two of your best pitchers going in this series. And if they're on in a dome where there's not going to be dealing with any weather like they did in Cleveland, I got a good feeling about their chances, uh, at the, at the drop. Surprisingly, uh, you win two games, you leave the series one back of the Rays. I will sign up for that all times over. And I think it was around this time last year when they played a series at the drop and they won two or three. Um, so maybe history repeats itself, but I mean, at the end of the day, I hate the Rays. We all know that. It's always on my Christmas wish list for everybody to not take them lightly because they are still a very good team, and they always find a way to haunt us. But if you want to make the playoffs, you want to go on a deep run, you have to win games against the Rays. And no better time for it to start than now, hopefully. So start it off with a win tomorrow and then scratch one out on Saturday or Sunday um, and and win the series and come back home for Seattle and Cincinnati, which will hopefully be uh, a pretty fruitful uh, six-game homestand. So, Chris, they're going to be facing Drew Rasmussen, mm-hmm. who had two years ago was a rookie and was pretty damn awful. 2021 worked out pretty well for him as a Tampa Bay Ray. Not a ton of innings, didn't break 100 or anything. But you would think that Gosman is going to have a good chance to win in game one. Mm-hmm. Let's say you. <laughs> you need to win that Gosman start and you need to win the Manoa start. Mm-hmm. Uh, flat out, you need to win both of those because that third one, I believe, is when Ryu is going to be throwing. And oh, right. I don't I know about you that. guys, but I have little to zero faith in that start. Um, that one if, playoff. He's pitched well in the drop. <laughs> yeah. so. 
Um, yeah, it, it, if you can get two good innings out of him, I think that's a win. Um, at the first sign of danger, you pull him and get strip in. Yeah. Um, yep. And I don't care about pride at that point. I don't care about feelings. I don't care how much money you're paying him. You just came off a stretch of what one in four or one in we five. Three for our last seven. Yeah. So you need to win some games and win them in a hurry. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going into the house of horrors, but you got to You got to win with your big boys and hopefully Ryu is what he was, but I wouldn't hold your breath. Hopefully the rest doesn't well. What do you think, Adam? Where do you think we are for this uh, series against the Rays, and where are we going? Must win two. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you win two, so it's two out of three, they'll just be a game behind the Rays at that point. Um, yep. So I can live with that. I can live with that. And who are the, just out of curiosity, who are the Yankees playing this coming week? Just uh, a the White Sox. That could be a favor. They're in Chicago. But the Yankees are it's, winning right now. That's awesome. And scuffling even worse than we White have. Sox haven't been. Yeah. White yeah. Sox yeah. Been good either. But it's a four game series. Mm-hmm. You just need them. To, I mean, you'd they like them it. to win more than two, but yeah, you want them to win at least two. Um, I don't have as much optimism as Brendan does when it comes to the trap. Um, it seems like Brendan, you're, you're scaling back a little bit on your, trying, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to put a hex on the actual curse itself. It's trying to put a, you're yeah. putting a hex on the hex. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't see yeah, we'll let happen. it be clear. They need to win too, but I don't think they're going to win too. Thank you. I, yeah. I would, yes. Honestly, if you want my very honest opinion, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jays get swept. I agree. Especially that last game. That last game is deadly. Um, yeah. But again, these are your two best pitchers. You got to right? win with them. You got to. Yeah. You have to. And I don't care about the optics of that stadium. I don't care about how finicky it could be while playing in the outfield with fly balls. I don't care. You play there enough. It's yeah. time to win. It, yeah. it, it, maybe, uh, I don't know. I, you, you just, Tapia may have a problem because I don't know how familiar he is with the trop. And I don't know how often he's going to play in the outfield, but you you just all hands on deck. You got to win at least two. So they have to win two. What do I think they're going to do? I'll give them one. Ouch. So seeing I'm now going to give this to you, you've already said they're going to go one and two over the week. Chris, are you in agreement with that? Are you going to argue? I'm hopeful that they will be one and two. But I'm bracing for a sweep. What is your prediction for? Yeah, I just uh, log it. I'm doing the picks to click tiebreaker right now without saying it. <laughs> oh, and three. Whew. Sweep. Okay. Drops them below 500. That would do that. So, Brennan, where are you at? Uh, I'm going to try to be optimistic and, as Adam said, put the hex on the hex and go two and one. Um, Again, you have to beat this team at this stadium if you want to win the division uh, and go far in the playoffs and hopefully keep them out of the playoffs on that process. I mean, this is one of the better Jays teams eventually that we probably will have seen in a while, I believe still. 
that they have that potential. Um, or is it 2013 all over again? Well, yeah. they are already off to a better start in 2013, but uh, it's, there is a little like, bit of resemblance to it in some minor aspects. And uh, it's strange, isn't it? Like, they're 17 and 15. They had a bad week, and it's it feels like, like the world's like like below 500. Ending. Yeah, I know. It feels like, like they're below 500. It, if, people listen, if people listen to this episode without any context of what's oh God, going they're on. Gonna think we're idiots. They'd swear they'd swear to God <laughs> that the Jays are like five and yeah. twenty five or whatever yeah, they yeah. would be. Yeah, they yeah. have a wild card spot if the season somehow ends at the oh, end yeah. of eight, you know like May, they're still you know. a good team. So <laughs> they are yeah, a good team. I'm gonna go but two, I'm gonna go two and one. Two and one. They're yeah. they're a good team that's playing horrendous baseball right now. Yes. Correct. And that's and the they're best going to play a very good team. I quote my favorite baseball movie, which is uh, Bull Durham. I don't know what these guys are doing, but they sure ain't playing baseball. <laughs> yeah. So, but that, and it's just, uh, everything's happening all at once, which hopefully means that they can get back to the basics and figure that out. And honestly, I think that this weekend might be the start of the rest of it. And to, um, you know, mirror Brendan's uh, fun here. I really do think that they are going to take two out of three from the, the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend. And that is for the simple fact that we do have the better part of our rotation starting outside of Ryu in Manoa and Gosman. I just think that they're going to have a hard time matching that, regardless if it's the Rays and their wonderful small ball and all that stuff in the trap. I just think that this is going to be the reason that things are going to start coming together. And to that point, this offense has been kept down way too long. And I think these few off days that they've randomly had over this last week are going to spell just enough success for them this weekend to be able to take that. So that would be where I'm at. The next series, boys, we get to return home, back to Toronto, get to play the Seattle Mariners, who have been a very, very, I'll say, fresh baseball team so far this year. They've been playing in good spurts. Things look good for them, but they are definitely not putting it all together and look kind of like the team we ran into at the end of last season. So I guess, Chris, it's your turn to go first. So if you want to go and start off how the uh, you're thinking the Seattle Mariners series is going to go, they're currently 14 and 18 and have been super streaky. They are two for their last eight or two for their last 10. (laughs) Sorry. Before you predict, Chris, um, I saw somebody say they will be missing multiple players because of COVID vaccination. So there's that to factor into. Well, yeah, but Robbie Ray's been terrible this year, anyway. It's awful, <laughs> yeah. awful. Doesn't really matter. Was, like the ble- the the blessing in disguise is we didn't have Robbie Ray and Marcus Semien in our lineup right now, um, because yeah, both of them have been pretty damn horrendous. Yep. Um, Spinal and some of these things that have been going right. Yeah. Well, Espinal's leading team in war right now. Um, <laughs> Seattle, we have three games. Who are we likely to? pitch in that series it'll be kikuchi rios gosman 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 in that last game fucking hell we gotta go through another burrito start uh two and one <laughs> two and one all right um adam what are you thinking no getaway game so that's good yeah, we get to stay home for the following week for, as you had all mentioned, against Cincinnati. I'll take a sweep. 
Ooh, is. Nice. So that, it, in, in Adam's words, their summary, that's when they finally hit it. Here's, <laughs> here's why they need to sweep. Because the Yankees are playing the Orioles in that same time span. Actually, they're playing them in four games during that. Man, how did they get so lucky to play them so often so early? Yep. They get four games against the Orioles, and the Rays get three against Detroit, and then three against the Orioles. Of course. Blue Jays need to fucking pick it up, dude. It's time. When do we get to play the Orioles? <laughs> Until middle of June. Like June yeah. To that point, though, that might be right when we need it. Yeah. Yo, so it's not the worst out. thing. This is... This, uh, Rays get after us. Uh, sorry, after us. What did I say? They get the the um, Detroit. Was it? Yep. And then the Orioles, and then the Marlins for two games. Yeah. Can I also point out the fun on how jaded we are on this season? The fact that you guys are scoreboard watching already, and it's fucking eight, you know, barely May. Got <laughs> scoreboard watching after the Texas series, dude. You got it. <laughs> yeah. you know games we lost early last year that would have been the difference maker? I agree. I'm not knocking you too bad. I'm just being that jackass in the group. <laughs> Look, at it, it, it's close. Like, what are the Jays only six games behind and four, uh, two games behind Tampa? You got to make up this ground. This is, and, I, and I, I'm not picking on you, Craig. I, I know, but I'm saying for the fan base, I understand. The, no, no, no. I understand the anxiety because. This team isn't supposed to slump this hard. Yes. That's you know, exactly th- why. You can have it out the way now so we can cruise later. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but these games are, are crucial to win because you're going to have the Yankees and the Rays facing yep. teams that they can just cruise through. Yep. And all we have to cruise through this month is Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Really? And that'll be the one week that freaking Luis Castillo and everybody show up for yep. a fucking run. Yep. <laughs> You know when this team turns it around, it's when, it, when the calendar turns to June. So stay afloat, stay a couple games above, because looking ahead, you got the White Sox, the Twins, the Royals, the Tigers, the Orioles, Yankees, White Sox again, Brewers, Red Sox. So the start of the month before the Yankees series, that's when you can make up a lot of ground and win a Very lot good. of games. Good times. All right, so Adam, you're the only one that I haven't gotten a prediction on the uh, Seattle series for yet. I did. I said sweep. Oh, you did sweep. No, that was Brendan. Sorry. I can't no, read my own that. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Brendan, you're up. I'm going two and one. Uh, they'll find a way to drop a game like they have a couple series already this year. So two and one. Yep. I do think though that both wins will get closer to a blowout win, uh, and they'll start piling on some runs. So it'll be the start of the breakout offensively. There it is. All right, I tend to agree with you, and I think that the good things that'll hopefully go right this weekend against the Rays are going to continue on in Toronto once they finally get that boost to go back home for the week. So there you go. All right, boys. So picks to click to go. And it looks like we lost Chris again. Of course, right when I ask him, right. his pick is so we're penciling oh, yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, got him. <laughs> All right. So Brendan, I'll let you start with the picks to click. Oh, like, sorry, I forgot. Well, who won last week? Okay. I picked Jordan Romano. So apparently I'm never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boba Shet, you had Chris. Espinal was Adam's pick, and then Teoscar was Brendan's bold pick. That I'm sorry to say, exactly. I think you're about the Romano category with me this last week. Yeah, uh, so Espinal or Boba Shet is really what I think it comes down to, and I think Espy had the better performances. I was going to say, I think we should almost all concede on this one. 
I was going to be asked. <laughs> I have um, to Bo pick a winner. Was... We suck. <laughs> Bo played well defensively. I was very impressed with what I saw from him defensively and how he's he's adding a lot more zip to those throws, and they're not terrible, um, especially yeah. when he tries to do the too low th- uh, lean there. Uh, that being yeah. said, I think I think Espinal had a more overall productive uh, couple games. That you're doing Walt a pretty good be. job making it look like you're not voting for your own pick, but you're <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, you know, <laughs> my vote between those two would be Espinal because he also had a couple of hits that extended some of those innings that we really Same. need to get back mm-hmm. to. One with playing stellar defense, he had a couple of ridiculous plays while we're playing in that weird wind in Cleveland. So try to leg out a triple too. Didn't work out. I wish it did. Yeah. I was so <laughs> excited. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? Or am I just, yeah. I can't, I can't rely on his pick for just, <laughs> his sure, own yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't vote for my own. So what say you, I, Brendan, your you final know, say, I, I, I think we all concede so I can stay in the race. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> all right then i'm going to use my executive order as founder of this shitty establishment yeah <laughs> and i'm just going to say that's all i think wins okay. there you go <laughs> two on the board so brendan i'm sorry to say you're still ne- you know sl- you know looking at a big old goose egg in your uh scoreboard piece so what i um last couple of years i think i've won picks to click and I haven't won one yet, and the Blue Jays' offense hasn't gotten going, so I need to get one. And as soon as I do, that will be the start of the offense picking up. So, so <laughs> that's throwing that out there. You are currently losing with Adam to two, Chris to two, it's me to one. Go ahead and give me your pick for this coming week. No, no, no. Winner goes first. Winner goes first. Uh, that was established. Right. This winner goes All right. first. Stop. All right. <laughs> so we got Gosman going tomorrow, and he's pitching against. Uh, he would technically probably be your two two starter, but if we're gonna do what we were talking about, probably having a Tuesday start next week, that's gonna be a little hard to predict too. No, I'm going Gosman. Jackass. Yeah. Son of beach. See, I usually yeah. let you go first. Yeah. Well, hey, that's fine. Rules are rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how are we doing the second spot, or is it just go now? It'll be your pick. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Springer. Springer? Yeah. It's a good, consistent bet. Yeah. Chris, I think you're uh, technically the next wiener, <laughs> so you want to go for it. Uh, I'm going to hate myself for doing this. Mesa. Ooh. Wow. I don't think anyone's a reliever. <laughs> I didn't hear it. My thing's cut out, so. Oh, Mesa. Mesa, I like that pick actually. Cause I took I took Simber earlier in the year, and I think I won with him. Nope, you missed wow. him. No, I did. Your two wins were Springer. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you guys don't know what you're talking about then. <laughs> right here, I circled it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna ride Kirk. I think his bats get picked up enough to the point that he's going to keep rant mashing, and I like him going home and playing in the playing in the Sky Dome. <laughs> so yeah. I think I'm going to be all right with that pick. I got to get him right one of these times. Just saying, and I like what I've seen from him in the last week. Hey, hey. Yeah. So before we sign off, guys, uh, being our 300th episode, I had to be this guy and give you guys the wonderful rundown of our history and what our most popular episodes were and just bring up nostalgia and stupid <laughs> so sure. let me go to the list here 
and find our top three because unfortunately I clicked out some things. Wait for it. All right. So the third highest ranking episode we had was back on, of course my computer locks me out at this point, was back on February 21st, 2020. And the title is Pete Walker Really This Good. Huh. <laughs> Thought it came through. It, it, because I was up to, what was when we were starting to see it all come together, you know. So to that point, that's where it was and what we got to see. Things were moving along properly for a change. It was nice. So um, the next one was the Cubs fire sale that was pending and all the guys that they had. That right. were like, oh, is this the difference between us being a crazy good playoff team or, you know, just staying where we were at? This was when they were dangling Chris Bryant. Everybody last season, if it was going to be the reason that the Blue Jays ran over and tipped over into uber comp- competition level. So that was the second one. And then does anybody want to take a wild guess on what the best rated episode we ever did was? I know what it is, I think. I think, Brendan, you recall. <laughs> Isn't it the one where we came up with trade packages for Nolan Arenado? Arenado, yeah. You are 100% correct. Yes. yes. And a car. I would give you a trophy, but I got nothing. Except uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to that point, I still had to hurry up. And to our loyal fans that are listening, um, I've been uh, quasi-running around like a chicken with my head cut off the last two weeks with my oldest stepdaughter, you know, is actually having her baby tonight. the hospital so to that point i've been a little busy but i promise i'm gonna send those gifts out soon (laughs) all right (laughs) have them all boxed up brett um adam will be the one that tells you i'm horrible with mail and i don't ship anything in time it's okay neither do we all package it's worth it (laughs) yes yes we all we all sleep on things it's all good there it is so but Gentlemen, is there anything either of you would like to add before we do the typical sign-off here and two claps on Ric Flair? It's really dark in my room, so no. <laughs> it really did get dark in there. Are you just yeah, trying? What happened? That guy that's, like, secretly crying. Well, it was so bright outside when the show started, so I figured I didn't need the lights on, but uh, gone long, so it's dark now. <laughs> there you go. So to that point, I just want to make sure all you Blue Jays fans are listening out there, and thank you very much for all the Twitter feedback. I see that you're all equally frustrated with the fact that we can't score any runners in scoring position as literally like way too many of our comments this evening which was why i made you three linger on that topic for so long all so, good. but to that point i'm glad you're all listening make sure you catch us on youtube because apparently the whole internet verse has just gotten to the point where none of this live stream stuff is working anywhere except for facebook and youtube these days all of a sudden and that's not because of me that's because everything on the internet's going to shit <laughs> So, but make sure you do listen to us when you're not watching on a live show. We're on anywhere you can get your podcasting pleasures from. That is in on, it's on Amazon, Google, Apple, whatever it might be. I even found out we're on Audible the other day, guys. I didn't know nice. that. <laughs> so we're literally like anything we can get to. Thanks to our lovely friends at Minute Media, as we are part of Fansite.com, the official podcast of JaysJournal.com. And are you guys ready for it? Let's do it. <laughs> Two claps and a player. One, two, three. Woo! Let's, Let's go, go Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Jays and Leafs, I guess. <laughs> Leafs, go Toronto. Woohoo! <laughs> wow, wow.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.